souls, and welcome to another episode of My Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How is everyone doing today? I hope wherever you are, you are staying nice and cool and comfortable because here it is so very, very hot. Instead of my normal tea, well, my second cup of normal tea, I should say, I am drinking extra water because it is needed. If you have listened to the last few episodes, I have mentioned that I will be traveling with the Oddities and Curiosities Expo quite a bit coming up. One of these shows will be in Chicago. I just so happen to have a dear friend in Chicago by the name of Michael Herkus, who is a witch author and fashion icon. He's gonna giggle when he hears fashion icon. I know Michael had to be on the podcast when he told me once about his experiences at Bachelors Grove Cemetery. For those unfamiliar with Bachelors Grove, it is cited quite regularly as one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States. I have met a lot of people that like to argue that cemeteries are not haunted because spirits don't attach to their bodies or have a connection to the cemetery, but instead only attach to people and places they were around in life. But um, someone definitely forgot to tell the spirits at Bachelors Grove about that. So let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea or water. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. Bachelors Grove Cemetery was established around 1840, I saw as early as 1836, in Midlothian, Illinois. Pretty sure I probably pronounced that wrong, so please forgive me. There are stories about people being buried in the area even prior to that, so it just kind of became a de facto cemetery, but I'm not 100%. Uh, convinced. It has been called Bachelor's Grove, Bachelor Grove with a T, Batch Sedders with a T and a D, and Everdeen or Everdon, depending on who owned the land at the time. It has about 82 plots, but apparently has the space for 200 graves, most of which went empty. It seemed like people knew they didn't want to make this their final resting place. Most of those buried in the cemetery were Russian railway workers and German workers killed while building the Illinois-Michigan Canal. But it is believed there are a lot more bodies buried there, just not in the assigned plots. Legend has it that in the 1920s, at the height of Prohibition and Al Capone, the cemetery 
in particular the nearby marshy areas, were used to dump the bodies of mob hits. Burials stopped, official burials stopped, in the 1950s, and the cemetery was pretty much left to decay. It has become a favorite party spot for local teenagers and ghost hunters. Many believe that the spirits are a little tiffed about their final resting places being constantly disturbed. There are a lot of reports of activity in the area, and it's rather insane. There are orbs seen frequently and not just captured on camera after the fact. That might be like a bug or dust particle. Actual balls of light have been seen floating through the cemetery. People have witnessed a big black dog or have even heard its barks and growls, particularly around the front gate. There are reports of a phantom farmhouse, I think this might be my favorite, that starts to shrink when you approach it, and if you get too close, it then disappears. There's also been a farmer and his horse still seen plowing the fields. Apparently they were killed nearby. Uh, There was also a two-headed spirit and ghostly monk scene. There's a lot. Probably the most famous is the woman in white that walks among the tombstones. In 1991, Judy Huff was visiting the cemetery and happened to take a photo of the tombstones. Later, when the pictures were developed, she was shocked to find her pictures had much more than the crumbling gravestones. Sitting on one of the gravestones is a full apparition of a woman dressed all in white. It's a really famous piece of paranormal photography. It's amazing. I'll put it in the uh, Instagram pictures. All of these stories are rather fantastic, but what is even more fantastic is that Michael himself has encountered most of them. You guys, it's so good. recording button there's you I'm going to make sure to close fucking messenger so it doesn't bug me the entire time I know me too oh my god never people don't want to talk to me until I'm recording it's weird sorry um make sure everything's good I was messing with all the sound before but I always like to double check and I'm just going to go. So, on today's podcast, I have the one, the only, my dear buddy, Michael Herkis, 
fabulous witch author. Pretty soon he's going to have a library written because he's going insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many books do you have now, my dear? So there are three that are in um, print right now. Uh, in the next month or so, there's going to be another one. And then later this year, there'll be another one. So by, oh uh, by 2022, I will have five books out. Yeah. Uh, one of the busiest witch writers I know. Let's talk about... I the- know. Only, uh, my first one came out, The Glam Witch, who, who I am, yes. um, came out in 2019. And now it's 2001, and I have five books out. I can't believe it. It's been crazy. So I was clearly busy during COVID. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't believe you. Like, seriously. I remember you telling me about The Glam Witch... When we first met at Hexfest, we were sitting on the couches in poaching, drinking absinthe. Absinthe. Can't talk. It's like I'm drinking absinthe already. Um, (laughs) I wish that was. Right? In New Orleans on the couch in potions. Um, But it, it was just such a cool thing to watch it come to life. Because yeah. it did. It, it just, it was this wonderful, like... I don't want to say pet project, but it was definitely something you loved and cared for. So, um, you are the Glam Witch. What is the Glam Witch? What is this? For those that don't know, I know, but for those that don't know. The Glam Witch. Well, so when I first started writing, so of course I went to Hexfest like five years ago. uh, And at that point was just really a very solitary practitioner. Hexfest was my very first event with other witches pagans all of that and i really wanted to break out of my shell see fiona again all of that cool stuff and uh, when i was there i was just like oh my gosh i want to write i want to i want to be a part of this community and that's when i got connected with tanya uh with yes. which way magazine wrote my first article on lilith and because uh, lilith is my patron goddess and that's a part of glam and that's what the whole book is about it's my uh, spiritual uh, path that works with Lilith um, as my d- divine source of inspiration. And uh, so as that book was coming out, I'm sorry, as that article was coming out, I was like, well, I got to change my Instagram name. Like, I can't just be Michael Herkus. Like, I got to <laughs> jazz it up a little bit. And while I was in Hexfest, um, someone that I bumped into had said that I am a glam witch, that I'm just the glam witch, and that, you know, I should teach others how to be as glamorous and I was like I love that okay I'm gonna be the glam witch so um (laughs) (laughs) just became my my name right my like my little Instagram name and then once I wrote a couple more articles um for which way magazine I started to conceptualize putting together a book on Lilith because there just has never really been a good one um I remember growing up being completely lost in trying to find materials on her and had to learn it all myself. So I kind of wanted to create the book that I had always longed for. Mm. And in trying to figure out the different titles, I had so many different ones. At one point it was just Lilithian magic, Lilithian witchcraft. And then I was like, no, it has to be something else. Um, And then in my day job, I work for a law firm and I do research on new clients that are coming in. And a lot of companies have acronyms as names. So I've gotten really, really good at working with acronyms. So I'm like, what can I make lamb? Like, what can I make out of lamb? What can it mean? You know, so it's another level of, of interesting. And um, that's what I started to play around with, with Lilith and like that idea. So at first it was goddess Lilith and Michael. 
<laughs> glam. Cute. And uh, I was like, that's a little vain. So let me not go that <laughs> route. And uh, I was listening to this song called, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of the name of it. Uh, but the, the band's name is Tennis. Um, and in it, they said the word arcane. And I was like, oh, Great Lilithian Arcane Mysteries. So that kind of then became the subtitle to what that book is. So The Glam Witch is a, a, a magical manifesto of empowerment through the Great Lilithian Arcane Mysteries. So yes, I Am the Glam Witch is in the persona, the brand, all of that fun stuff. But it's not just the physical accoutrements that are uh, glamour and beauty and being loud and in your face and obnoxious. It's also uh, it has a deeper spiritual meaning to me because it is linked and tied to my connection to Lilith. Uh, so the book itself uh, goes over a lot of Lilithian history, uh, a lot of historical relevances that uh, have, have come from many sources um, of over 20 years of, of research. Um, so that's fun having them, them all together. And, uh, and then it, it goes deeper into kind of my personal practices with Lilith and the different aspects of um, like how her mythology taps into other areas of magic, like psychic development, um, astrology, because she's a, a figurehead in astrology, mm-hmm. uh, glamour magic, of course, because she's the enchantress, sex magic, because she's ruled by sensuality and protection because she's a protectress. So that's my that was my first book. And then that led to uh, me getting an email to possibly write another book which is the complete book of moon spells so that came out last year and uh then during that time during pandemic i pitched the idea to do a self-care book and that got picked up which is right here it just came out um it's called witchcraft for daily self-care and it really kind of organizes a template for 90 days of magical work so you can, of course, do it consistently every single day. You can split it up. You can just flip open a page and do something. But there's everything from something so simple as just making an oil blend to going outside and doing a meditation under a tree to doing a full-blown elaborate ritual under the moon. Uh, so it's a good mix of a lot of different yeah. things. And even if you don't want to do it from a, a daily daily kind of perspective it's good sources of inspiration for you to kind of create your own things or tailor your own your own kind of magical plan and path because again during covid last year you know being locked up i was like oh my gosh what am i going to do <laughs> like i need to tap back <laughs> into the magic and the power that is me and self-care offers that I, I look at witchcraft and magic as a self-care act um a lot of times we hear which is uh, uh, that we our goal is to be of service we are the the servers of the community and the and nature and it's our duty to kind of help um, heal and liberate others and all of those things but we can't do that unless we're really like fueled up to ourselves and a lot of times i think people think that that's selfish but the best way that i can always describe it is is that if you're in a car and you're the driver and you're carrying like let's just say you're the car right and you're carrying a bunch of people if you're out of gas you're not going to carry them anywhere um you have to refuel yourself so you have to take that stop that break recharge refuel as as frustrating as it might be in our fast-paced busy society that we live in these days it's essential for us to do that in order for us to really tap the most into our magic and so that was that book and i can't really talk that much about the other ones yet but um, secret, one secret. has something to do with one of my favorite movies, which if you've heard me talk about before, uh, you know, is <laughs> The Love Witch. So it might be a Love Witch type of book mm-hmm. coming out. 
I mean, you already no, told me. I mean, me I don't know. I can't really technically say, but if yeah. you went to like my Amazon author page, you might see something there. Hint, but hint. Anyway. Everybody go to the Amazon author page. I do want to say with the witchcraft for daily self-care, it's such a nice, like each spell is like a nice bite-sized kind of thing that you could do every mm-hmm. day. And I love, I love that there's like, after like, uh, I think it's in the mind section where... Oh, something I forgot to say. So yes. the, the, the 90 days are split between um, your mind, body, spirit, as well as your relationships, your environment, and personal success. So it really creates this all-encompassing um, viewpoint. And of course, starting with your mind, body, and spirit to get yourself centered, but then start branching out from there, your interpersonal relationships, the environment, the space that you're in. And then once all of those things are humming, then you can start pulling in your personal success, right? Mm-hmm. And start doing the fun money magic and all that other stuff to, to beam with big witch energy. Yes. No, I'm excited to start the 90 days after I move. I'm waiting to start when I have not yes. as much to do. But no, it's like, I, I love how with in the mind section, you have like two spells that are very, uh, I can't remember what it is, but they're, they're very kind of deep and internal. And then the mm-hmm. next day is like movie day. Yes. Okay. So I love the movie day and I love that I a love lot of people it. really love it because so um, for one of the the spells is I just say basically have a, a magical movie marathon, mm-hmm. you know, create a very plush environment, um, set up a candle in your living space in the center of it. Uh, I believe um, you use vanilla oil on it too to help stimulate joy and sensitivity and, and those things. But then I give you a lovely list of a whole bunch yes. of different witchy movies and television shows because I always wanted that when I was younger and I was reading books. I was like, well, what are all of the witch shows? Like, I don't know all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that I've been able to create that uh, like use that as a resource page within the book especially since I and I mean us we're from the generation that yes. all got stuck into witchcraft from Charmed and Buffy and all of the television witches Sabrina. and um, it's just really fun I and I, I'm so happy that it's been well received no I I, I I opened that page and I was like oh yeah this is gonna be fun I love it yeah and then reading the spells before it I was like Oh, no. It's like after a couple of days of hard self, like, working on yourself, I'm like, no, yeah, movie night. Movie night sounds amazing. Yeah, movie night. You gotta relax. You can't continuously do the hard major spells every single day. It's like going to the gym every single day and working that same muscle, which I don't know anything about. <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, I hear from my gym going friends, you can't go every day because you have to give yourself that rest in between in order for the, the results to, to work. So it's the same kind of uh, like thing when we think about magic. You can't do the major things every single day and plug and plug and plug away at it. Like I remember reading growing up, like you shouldn't do, you should only do one spell in a moon phase or in a month wow. or something like that. Or until that one's manifested, don't do another one. I mean, there's been all these silly rules, left, right, and center. Wow. Do as many spells as you want to do. Do like 17 all on the same night. Do whatever <laughs> flipping makes you feel magical. As long as it works for you, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. If you're seeing the results that you need, then boom, you've done it. You know, the, the, the only rule is that there is no rules except your own. So have fun. That's why I love you. Uh, I did want to say real quick, you mentioned someone named Fiona earlier. Quick shout out to Miss Fiona Horn. 
No, she she has she's been my on. mother, my witch mama. I love her. Um, she's I'm been on the podcast. Lane. I love her. Yes, Fiona is a good friend and has been my mentor. You know, even before she knew who I was, uh, I always call her my <laughs> literary priestess. And I'm just very lucky enough for her to uh, write the foreword to my book, The Glam Witch. Yes. And, um, my next book that's coming out that again I can't say anything about is dedicated to her. So. Um, there's, there's some fun history there and it's all spilled in the introduction oh. so uh yeah fiona if, for those that don't know her fiona horn she is a, a fabulous australian rock star um and model badass. actress everything she's done everything <laughs> in the world she flies planes she's like breathes underwater like a fish she fire dances she does everything and she's also a witch and she's written 14 books on witchcraft um and is if not the one of the most famous witches that exists oh Totally. And I, I just want to say her new project, The Sea Witch, Chef's oh, Kiss. Beautiful. Her new music. Oh. She was sending me demos last night. They're flipping fabulous. Oh, I'm so enjoy. Get ready. Get ready for The Sea Witch. But... I'm so excited for Sea Witch. <laughs> just saying. I, 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 I thought about that when you said Fiona. I'm like, she's becoming <laughs> Cher yes. among us. She's like one, one name thing. And it just made me laugh. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to ask you. We talked about the books. Um, yes. I think that's I think that's about it for like housekeeping the stuff. stuff. Well, I know we're here to talk about ghosts and spooky yes. stuff, and I have some stories. I Ooh. am so excited for these stories. Um, ironically, going back to Fiona and Tanya, one of the yes. ideas where the podcast started in my brain i should say was at our witch way dinner at hexmas yep. we went to tableau and we just sat there sharing ghost stories around ghost stories. the table it was, so lovely. it was such a fun day we did a ghost tour through new orleans and then we had this fabulous magical dinner on the last night before me and fiona flew away from new orleans um and it was just it was so much fun and i i I guess I didn't realize or remember that that was the kind of start of this podcast that yeah. makes me so much more excited. Yes. Like, you're on it. No, <laughs> I was like, like, after that, I started, you know, asking, if Tanya and Fiona have been on, I've been trying to get you on since the very beginning, but again. I know, but I've been writing books, girl, I've been Oh, busy. so busy, like, everyone, like, I, I would, literally, it's been like, like once a month, I write right, you. <laughs> Like, all right, well, keep asking me, girl. <laughs> no, no, and that's how it's gonna be. I know how you are, I know how it is. I knew you would be on eventually, but I literally had a what I do is a Google Doc and I write all the information for the location and everything, so I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I've had yours since the beginning because it's just that famous yeah it's totally famous and i'm like well i'm not i'm not letting this go i'll catch him eventually when he comes up for air yeah. and <laughs> and now we're on promo for the new book so it worked out really well it's perfect so uh when you mentioned that you had been to this place i almost died because it's famous so Mr. Michael, will you tell us about Bachelor's Grove Cemetery? Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Okay, so Bachelor's Grove is a small cemetery that's like in a forest preserve uh, in the outskirts um, in like the south suburb area of Chicago in a town called Midlothian. 
and it's on the Midlothian Turnpike. And uh, it essentially is this tiny little graveyard that was established in like the like 1830s, I believe, like the mid 1800s. And uh, it ended up becoming rumored. There's no necessarily quote unquote proof to it, but we know that it happened. Like the place that Al Capone and the crime bosses would dump bodies, right? Because Al Capone was a huge like um, mobster in Chicago, and there's this fabulous um, bar called the Green Mill, which is like this jazz place and everything, which was like his, his hit place to go. And he'd go there and you know do his thing, and then kill people, and then drive out there and dump their bodies in what? the little swampy area that's there. I want to write so, this down. <laughs> so yeah, so. Um, it's this, it's really creepy. And of course, you know, when I was 19, 20, um, around that age, I would, I was always into spooky stuff with my best friend, Christina. So we, we of course had heard about Bachelor's Grove. So we were finally like, all right, let's go do it. Let's get our Starbucks and let's go you know, to Bachelor's Grove <laughs> with some boys and, you know, see what it's, what it's like. And Ooh, it was scary. <laughs> so you like park across the street at the forest preserve and you got to run across the street and there's this little dirt path and so you go down this dirt path and eventually on your right uh is this like chain link fence type of a thing or at least it was 10 years ago mm-hmm. and uh and then you enter into this this cemetery and there's not that many graves i don't know the specific number i probably should have looked that up but i would say there's maybe like 12 to 20 yeah there's not a lot i literally just was looking at this it was like a small little families um like a colony of like a family or whatever Uh, because if you continue on that dirt road which we're going to get into this says 82 was it this says 82 82 that seems high but i mean maybe um anyways of course there's like some tall grasses and some old looking tombstones and stuff like that really run down but then there's also this marsh and the marsh is really between the the cemetery and the highway and so there's a lot of myths about like on the full moon that there is a woman dressed in white sometimes she's carrying a baby um walking on the the highway out there now i've never seen her i don't i've never actually necessarily seen any supernatural activity there i've never been someone that can see things but i can definitely feel and pick up on strange energy and oh it was strange that whole time there Hmm. and so while i was walking around the marsh area with christina one time uh, we both just turned stark white and just like die because we hear like a dog behind us like growling and barking hysterically and then we turn around there's nothing there and lo and behold there is like i was just just re-looking up the mythology in preparation for coming on this and because i had never really heard about any dog situation yeah there is have been starting to to see a big black dog that kind of guards the the graveyard so i heard that thing and she did too and it was creepy and that scared the hell out of us so that was kind of like the bachelor's grove in the cemetery i didn't really see anything but there's lots of pictures online a lot of people say that they see this also a woman that's sitting on the graves uh, different things like that uh there's like this I've also heard of like a two-headed man that's in the the 
the general vicinity, whatever. But then it gets creepier because so that dirt road that you're on before you go into the cemetery when it's mm-hmm. on the right, if you get back on that and you go down further, the road just stops because it's a creek. Okay. So it looked like there was kind of a bridge that was there once upon a time. So you get down, you cross the creek because at that point it was like maybe three inches of water. So you just like hop over the rocks and get up and you keep continue going down. And a lot of people have said that they've also seen a house, a floating house which is the house of the people that kind of were living there that then died. And um, the house will sometimes turn, it will change, it will morph, it might get a little bit smaller, it might grow bigger in size. Sometimes they'll see people inside of the house. But we ended up stumbling upon the chimney to the house because the remnants of the chimney base is still there, which was super, like, freaking eerie. And the deeper you go down into the woods past the cemetery is where it got freakier like you just felt this cloud of negative get out like vibes like get the fuck out of the forest oh my god that's like weird baba yaga kind of thing yeah so we keep going we keep going and then there's this clearing and you could tell the clearing was like kind of a man-made clearing and in the center of the clearing was like a huge pile of sticks. Like it looked like they were about to burn a witch. Um, There were carvings on the tree. There was some blood on the trees. There looked like some animals had been killed there. So that's when we just lost our shit. We're like, we got to get out of here, turn the hell around because not only do we have to worry about the ghosts, but there's creepy, crazy people out here doing some stupid shit. And I don't want to meet them. (laughs) I'm more afraid of them than I am the ghosts at this point. So um, I think I had gone back to Bachelors Grove then maybe like one one or two other times and um no real i I definitely heard the dog again the dog was a a mutual thing two times i've heard when i've been there um and yeah that that's basically the the bachelor's grove story that i have in a nutshell but there's also another creepy illinois thing called the mantino state hospital now that's even further south of here that's kind of um yeah, that's a lot further south than of Chicago. But it's gone now because, get this, so it was a psychiatric hospital that had a lot of torture and crazy shit in it. Well, they tore it down and put condos up. Oh, why not? That, that sounds amazing. I don't amazing. want to live in those condos. No. Oh, no. So I had gone there when I was about 19 because at that point I was a photographer and I went out with another photographer friend and we were going to take pictures there and of each other because we really liked the idea of doing like fashion photography in a dilapidated scene so we get in and immediately i feel the energy is off it looks really crazy and pretty like if you if you look it up the mantino state hospital you'll see images of the the chambers that had like the bathtubs to do like the bathtub stuff for the psychiatric people. And someone had gone in there and they wrote like a story on the walls. And it was just really, really creepy. And I remember I got into one of the tubs because I was like, I'm 19 and I'm fearless. And oh my God, I felt like something had clung onto me and would not let me go out of the tub. Like it was really, really, really freaky. And then in the kitchen, um, I heard like the sound of someone slamming a drawer with like all the knives in it, oh, like the metal rattling. Yeah. Uh, I was in there, but there was literally nothing there, which was freaky. And um, then a, a lot of weird like clicks and just just different stuff. And the way that the hospital was built at that point, it was kind of set up like an H. And okay. I got so twisted and turned around in this little H like place. Like I felt like I got lost and it was 
it's pretty freaky. But those are really the the two major ghost story things that I, I have. And surprisingly, they were around the same time, um, maybe a year apart from each other that I had experienced those things. Wow. So you so. were just, you were getting it left and right. I was being a spooky bitch. What can I say? Because <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the, the, the black or the dog. Because traditionally yes. the black dog kind of thing, it's a lot of times associated, you know, with the devil and hellhounds and they're known to be very malevolent kind of feeling. How, other than absolute terror, because that's scary. What do you think you encountered in that case? Uh, a hellhound. <laughs> of, of some kind. I mean, it would say that it was definitely not like the spirit of a dog that was buried there. Okay. It was definitely, like, I would say that that place is a portal to a lot of weird negative energy. Mm. I mean, even having gone down further a little bit more to that clearing where clearly they were doing some kind of Satan rituals and stuff like that, yeah. I definitely feel like there's been some stuff that's summoned that has been summoned there or that has just manifested from all of the craziness that was going on. And then if you throw in the rumors about the Al Capone murders and stuff like that, I mean, mob murders are always horrible. And most of the time they were like probably bad shady dudes. So oh, now yeah. you're throwing these, these bad shady dudes in the little marsh next to this haunted cemetery. Like that adds a whole other level of fuckery to the mix. So I definitely did think like a hellhound would be more articulate of, of what it was that I encountered and uh, uh, it was a very harsh get the fuck out <laughs> is I mean, what I was getting from it so that makes sense I'm like and then you have all the you're saying like the the moms the mobsters getting killed that's like crisis apparitions and shit there and I can't even imagine and the energy like if, it, if these were like uh, you know just think of it if it, this was a peaceful cemetery and you had the ghosts around because I don't remember like I don't remember ever hearing anything about this cemetery really like that the people that had been buried there weren't like that. It was anything negative. Like I think they all just kind of died of natural causes and it was a cemetery. And what made it super haunted was the mobsters that were being murdered mm -hmm. there and dumped into the, the pond that stirred up all the craziness. Okay. So if you have all of this stuff happening there, of course the, the entities or the hound, I would imagine would be like, get the fuck out. Like we don't want any more crazy stuff here. Get out. <laughs> You know, so we maybe. did not want to buy what you're selling. No, they did not. And of course, being 1920, I mean, of course, at that point, too, I was witchy and I was into things, of course, and, you know, had some knowledge of some supernatural and, and stuff. But I mean, at 19, we have no respect for anything. Like I was not being respectful of these spirits or their spaces. I was like, well, let me see if you are real. Come on out. What you going to do? Oh. So and look, that's what happened. <laughs> and I ran away. <laughs> I mean, so. Fair enough. That's terrifying, for God's sakes. Well, and of course, you know, getting scared on the way there, watching a whole bunch of scary movies in preparation for it, reading all of the myths, being with all these other boys that were like, you know, let us let us tell you about the stuff we've heard, you know, which of course <laughs> is just fabricated to scare us and stuff like that. But I mean, look, it was scary, but it was fun, and I would love to go back all these years later to see what was there, and because I'm so much more tapped into. Uh, my magic and, and psychic intuition and stuff like that. I wonder what I would be able to pick up on now as opposed to when I was 19 and didn't really know much about myself or my magic or what I was doing. I mean, I'm going to be there in August and I was literally going to ask if we can go. Let's go. Get a yes. car. Yes. We need one. <laughs> yes, I will rent a car. 
So then, yeah, we can go. Yes. No, I want to go. I want to go. It's one of those. It's perfect. It's famous because it's known to be so active. Yes. And I mean, I even remember taking photos and I didn't have any like shadows. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know where these photos went. They were, they were back on MySpace and, you Damn know, it. MySpace. Is I so, was literally going to ask you if you still had the photos. No, everything I had was on MySpace and that went away when MySpace did whatever it did That's so sad. <laughs> to become whatever it is now. But um, no, I the photos, I, we didn't really have anything that was like. Like the ghosts, like the shadows that you'll see with most of the pictures, like mm-hmm. behind the trees and stuff. But there were a bunch of orbs. And I always think orbs could just be dust balls or something yeah. like that. So I was a little skeptical. But I was like, no, that's probably a ghost. <laughs> Most I- likely when we know that that space. Oh, but you know what? Here's another weird little supernatural side. Yes. like not even psychic but ghosty thing that happened with me and christina one day and we always talk about it when i just saw her in florida we we always talk about it but we were driving one night and it was rainy and it was near my house in the south suburbs and we're driving in the through this forest preserve and literally there was like this glittery cloud that like just manifested and came up in like into the car from the street in front of us and we were with two other people in the car and we all saw it and we all like basically peed ourselves and we're just like what the hell was that and so we just talk about the glittering orb ball that came flying Whoa. into the fucking car it was like a cloud and keep in mind it was raining that night too which was like so to see this kind of ghostly cloud thing that like was a glittery thing just come wow. shooting into the car and disappear was just freaky like wow i wonder if it's like a weird energy thing when you two are together you just like <laughs> attract we because we saw we always talk about it it was like and i'm sure you you'll know this reference but like in season one of charmed there was mm-hmm. the oogie boogie in the basement right and it was that black cloud of smoke it was like that but white and glittery i've never seen charmed <gasps> you haven't oh no. well i'm sorry I, I guess you get that reference. Maybe one of the viewers <laughs> the listeners will, will understand, but <laughs> I bet most of the listeners will just not me. That mean I think that means I need to go find it and watch it. Yes. No, that wow. Huh. Yeah. Have you guys had any more uh, other weird experiences together? Not necessarily together. I mean, we've had one that we just freaked out about like we watched the movie the fourth kind and then we heard everything scary in our house and we slept together that night because we were like we're gonna die if we sleep in separate bedrooms so um (laughs) no not that a big thank you to my darling michael herkes for being on the podcast you can find him all over social media as The Glam Witch. I highly recommend his books. They are wonderful pieces of witch knowledge that are so well written. They are great for both new and experienced witches alike. Michael will be on again next week where we talk about even more spooky things around Chicago and some of his own personal experiences once again. A big thank you to all of you out there listening today. Remember, if you are in the Chicago area, come and see me at the Chicago Oddities and Curiosities Expo on August 28th. Maybe I need to get stickers or something. We'll see. I got 
cool postcards made though. So, you know. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at my haunted life podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also follow My Haunted Life Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Don't forget, we have a My Haunted Life Podcast Facebook group where we have a lot of fun. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please support the show. Subscribe to the Patreon page. You can support the show for as little as $2 a month. If you are on a tight budget right now, you can always go and leave the podcast five stars or write a review on your favorite podcast app or both. Or just share the episode with your friends and family. Word of mouth goes a long way. And that's it for this show. I'll see you guys all next week on my Haunted Lot podcast. And until then, stay spooky. And that's it for this show. I'll see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. And until then, stay spooky.